0: So, wow, Um, how many of you had a chance to listen to last week again? One person, Mm -hmm. we know who the students are. Celine put put her hand up kind of after, it was kind
1: of like, well, I kind of, I hit play and then I stopped, but okay. (laughs) So here we (laughs) go, okay. Let's go to Hebrews chapter two, Let's just jump right back in. And I'm going to recap, since you didn't do your homework or listen to it again, I want to make sure that when we jump back in, we're back in the same place together. Now, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to jump at this from two different versions. I'm going to jump at it from the um,
0: King James. um, And I'm going to jump at it also from the NIV. And I want to get uh, just... You know, I do my King James so I can do the Hebrew and
1: Greek translations. I love that.
0: I love looking at words and their roots. And this is a powerful, powerful situation. So. I stopped, I think, last week at a. Let me see. Let me go. Let me go back. I usually just ask you to yell it out to me, but since I'm not with you, I'm just going. Okay, so I ended on verse eight last week. Um, I want to go over a part of that again. Well, no, I'm going to go over all of
1: it again since you did not study. And let's start from verse one real quick, and we'll run through and we'll catch up. Stay with me. This is very important. We must must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. I did a whole big thing on that. I'll just touch on it. A statement like that is saying pay attention to what you're learning because there is the possibility, there is the possibility of a drift away. Now, I'm going to tell you why it's really important. So I stood there last week, and I did this whole message on how, watch this.
0: We have been raised up, and all things have been put under our feet. We have authority over all things.
1: And bam, COVID smacks me this week. And the enemy goes, so, do you have, do you have authority or don't you? And And it's important. And I want you to understand, it's very important because when your body's not feeling good or when your finances are not feeling good or when life is throwing a curve at you, our first inclination is to kind of feel sad and sorry. Or sometimes, you know, the enemy is not saying, well, where's your God? So
0: you start to feel neglected. And when the, the earthly flesh is pulling on you, you can
1: lose your spiritual identity. I'm going to say that again. When the earth or your flesh and the earth is pulling on you, it's very easy for us to lose our identity for a moment. This is why it says, pay careful attention, therefore, of what you have heard so that it doesn't drift away. It's moments like these. Now, think about it. Um, Some of you may have had going through the COVID thing. First time it hit me was a couple of years ago when it first came out and it looked pretty grim from the enemy's point of view. He was telling me I was was gonna make it and it definitely felt like it. This time it was like, whatever, and we've been here before, you don't have no willpower, But here's the difference. When your flesh and your body is feeling pain, it's easy for you to forget when when your pockets are feeling pain when when you're going through pressure or fear it's easy to forget what you have learned and when i was taking my stand and I'm, i put myself out there uh, all the time i like to just expose myself as as bare and open as possible so that you'll know that i am not above reproach but i still serve my god and he brings me through as he would bring you through, and the people of so God said. I say, amen, he's got you. Even when you're not where you should be, he's still there for you, which we went through last week. I began to stand and what I considered a stand was, I was gonna hold on, I'm gonna beat this thing, I'm gonna hold on, I'm, I'm, not, gonna, I'm, not, gonna, I'm not gonna cave, I'm gonna hold on. You know, I started feeling weak and all this, I'm gonna hold on. When my daughter got on the phone, she was upset, you know, because I'm at that age where they say people die. You know, you know, people, you know, I know young, some of your young folk, you don't think about that. And I know I don't look it, but I'm in my mid 60s. Next month, I'll be 64. So they're saying you're in a dangerous place. Ooh. So now the enemy starts saying, ooh, I'm going to get you now. I'm going to get you now. You watch. I'm going to take you out. Okay, okay, we'll see. But when I spoke to my daughter, it hit her in a way that she came at it violently, and she began to charge. You do not, you do not have go. We don't accept it. And I heard the violence. I can hear the concern. I can hear she was taking a stand. I also can hear she was concerned for her father. I can hear all of these things. But what clicked for me was the kingdom suffered violence, but the violent take it by force. And I realized my stand was too passive. I was really just being strong and holding on. Go ahead, enemy, hit me. I can take your punches. And that's not our position. Our position is how dare you put your hands away? Who do you think you are? Go sit your behind now somewhere before I smack you and let the enemy go running, because that's what the scripture says. Resist the devil and he will flee. He will run, he will flee. He don't wanna fight, he's a bully. He don't wanna fight. And I realized I was being strong and taking it like a man instead of saying, wait, who you think you talking to? Nobody, go sit your behind down somewhere and put the enemy in his place. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? We're not supposed to be his punching things that we keep holding on. and We know God going to live. No, 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 no. You don't even have a right to be here. Who invited you? Get up out of here. Get, get your behind on somewhere where you belong. And what Talima prayed, and Talima, Corneli, and they prayed, and, 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 and Talima's confession was when he wakes up, when the sun rises, he'll be well. And my God, when the sun rose, I was in a whole totally different place. I was, I was up and I was moving, I was normal, everything about it. I, I felt better after I got up the phone with her yelling. I was good from that point because I was like, no, that's, that's the kind of violence that we have to assume what belongs to us. Let me see, let me see, let me see. Got a bunch of females on here. Um, how many of y'all got a favorite bag? or a favorite pair of shoes, or a favorite something. That's your, that's your little thing, that's, you know, you saved your money up or whatever it is, that's your thing, I don't know, this outfit, call it what it is. And somebody come up in your house, and go up in your closet, and pull your thing out, and start walking out, where are you go? I just want to borrow this. Who said you can borrow it? You know, you'd be ready to take somebody's head off, like over that bag. But the enemy come up against our health and our finances and stuff, and we've been convinced that he has a right to do that. Matter of fact, we've been lied to in the church and told that God allows the devil to do that, to teach you something. And so we stand back and let things happen that's not supposed to happen. And what we're going to cover again today is he does not have the right unless we give it to him. So pay very careful attention, therefore, to what you have heard, that you don't drift, that it doesn't drift away from you, You don't lose it. For since the message spoken through angels was binding and every violation of disobedience received just punishment, that's spiritual, the devil and his punishment as well as man, how should we escape if we ignore such a great salvation? And this is the point. How are you gonna make it? How are you you gonna escape judgment, punishment, or anything if you ignore the great salvation? And now comes the breakdown of the great salvation. This salvation which was first announced by the Lord was confirmed by those who heard him. God also testified to us by signs, wonders, and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. So he's saying, not only did you, you have a great salvation, God backed it up and proved it to you, this great salvation, breaking it down. It's been proven by signs. Have you seen the signs of God in your life? Wonders and various miracles. And then this one, gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed to all of those he wills. So that's you. That means it's also, it's not just miracles that you're looking for. It's not just signs and wonders, but check yourself for the spiritual gifts that are in you. Well, I speak in tongue. I shout blah, 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 blah. Yeah, 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 yeah. There are more gifts than that. There's the gifts of word of wisdom, word of knowledge, miracle, prophecy, the healing. These are all gifts. They've been distributed to you by the Holy Spirit. And he said, those are proof to you of your salvation. Let me say that one more time. You know, I was praying the other night and I could feel like I heard the Lord say to me, well, you can hear the Lord say something to you. Okay, so that's a gift. So that's a gift. And that gift is a proof, a proof, a proof that you are saved or covered or rescued or delivered, that you have a relationship and a covenant with God. If you have any gift, why are you just using that one? Why are you not using that gift as proof to hold before the enemy and say, but this is my proof that I am his and you don't have a
0: right? But let's keep going. Verse five, it is not to angels that he has
1: subjected to the world to come about which we are speaking. But there is a place where someone has said, and I want to go through this one more time because this is where we left off. I want to make sure you understand this. He said this, this, this promise, this salvation, these gifts, these miracles, these, these you understand manifestations that we're talking about. We're not made for the angels, but for you. And then he goes to say, because it's written in the scripture where it said, this is a conversation between God and an, an angelic being. What is mankind that you are mindful of them? This is them looking at us in awe and asking God, what is man that you are mindful of them? So say, I'm on his mind. Say, I'm on his mind. This is the question that's being asked. Why, what is man that you're mindful of of them and the son of man that you care for him? Say, I am cared for. I'm on his mind and he cares for me. Watch this. You made them a little lower than the angel. And we went through this last week in detail. I don't know if y'all went and looked it up and I thought you would. But the word is not angels. It's a wrong translation. The word in the in the Hebrew was a little lower than Elohim. And this was in Hebrew because this is an old testament scripture. He said, What is meant that you're mindful of him? You made him a little lower than Elohim, Elohim, which is the description of God, not man. So, and, and the rest of it proves it out. I won't go through it all again. So, what is meant that you're mindful of him and made him a little lower than God, a little lower of yourself? Watch this, and you crowned him with honor and glory. This is talking about who? Man, he's asking, how is it that you do this for men? And you crown them with honor and glory and put everything, everything, everything under their feet. So this is not angels and you're not a little lower than angels because you're a little lower than angels. God has not crowned angels with honor and glory and God has not put all things under the angels' feet. It's only under his feet and under Jesus' feet. And that's Jesus is God in the flesh incarnate. And if you are the body of Christ, you cannot be lower than angels. It doesn't make sense, it's wrong, it's wrongly stated, it should have never been printed that way. What is it about men that you love them so much? You keep them on your mind, you care.
0: I want us to take a, 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 just a little mental journey. Picture yourself, all powerful
1: angel, floating around between heaven and earth and galaxies, and planets and whatever you do. You stop by the earth and you see your little monkey behind. Looking at you, looking at all y'all and going, these mm, mm, mm. got to be the weakest, messiest, confused, most messed up, fighting, divided, arguing people, this Democrat, Republican, oh, just fighting, arguing, all oh, just people, they just can't get along about nothing.
0: And I can see me if I was that angel, coming into God's throne saying, what's up with that? See, I would
1: speak different than them God I don't speak their Elizabethan English. So I would speak to God in, in my, my own little way. So I would say, yo, yo, Pop, what's up with this? Why do you even think about them? There's some ratchet behind people. Like, why do you, what, what kind of creation is this? Like, you know, why do you even care about them? Why do you keep them on, their, on your mind and, and just made them your children, just under you, and sent a savior to die for them? Hey, hold up, and then you give them honor and glory, like and put all things under their feet. And the sad thing is, Father, they let everything walk all over them. Nothing is under their feet, even though you put it there. Like, what is it about these jerk, this this little bugs that you created? that don't even walk in dignity and honor, why do you even care about them so much? That's the question that's being asked.
0: What am I saying? Maybe you need to get a better perspective of yourself because the angels clearly see you for who you are. They're going like, man, if I have what they have, Angels are
1: not made in the image and likeness of God. Scripture said they're flaming ministers. They're, they're servants. You're made in the image and likeness of God. And I'm sure angels must be like, man, if I had an ounce of that power,
0: it'd be a whole, if I, could, if I could call you Abba Father, the way we serve, oh, it'd be a whole different game. The angels are amazed at the power that's been handed to you, who you really are. Father, I pray that we see ourselves the way you see us, that you help us step
1: to another level of understanding who we are and not be caught in this prison called flesh, which is a temporary home at
0: best. In Jesus' name. So, watch this. God is mindful of you.
1: He cares for you. He made you in his image and likeness, so then you can't be lower than angels. It's not possible. If you made in the image and likeness of God, angels are not, so you cannot be lower than angels. I'm just going to keep beating on that because whoever allowed them to print that should be taken out of the back and whipped. Now, Then it says, and crowned you, it's talking about you. I want you, to picture you now. Now I'm gonna read it all again. I I, I can read, listen, I can preach this one verse for the next year, but I wanna just read this all again. And when I say it, I want you to read it with me and I want you to put your name in the place of who's being spoken about,
0: okay? So the question before God is, what is, say your name, that you are mindful of and that you care for and that you made them a little lower than you and you crowned with glory and honor and put everything under how you like that? What is D. Brown that you are mindful of him? Think about
1: him. It's always on your mind. What is, what is it about me, God, that you care about me? And you made me in your image and likeness a little lower than you. And you crown me with honor and glory, and you put everything under my feet. Why?
0: Why? Why are you mindful of me? I want to just throw one more thing under you. Made in the image of God and a little lower than God,
1: it's a powerful statement because we've heard our whole life in church, glory belongs to God, all glory belongs to God, and God don't share his glory with nobody. Didn't you learn that in church, that lie? Didn't we learn that lie in church? God don't share. You better be careful don't you try to touch God's, but as if you really could, right? Like God is sitting there, oh no, don't touch my glory. Oh my goodness. I'll kill you. I'll kill you. Don't play with my glory.
0: You can't touch God's glory, but the scripture said he crowned you. That's that's royalty.
1: That's a king or queen. with. Honor and glory. He put it on your head. He does share his glory. Don't get it twisted. He has no problem. God is not intimidated by us on any level. The angels are not even. They're looking like, boy, if they really knew who they were, there'd be something else. Watch this. A little lower than God to me means, now this is me now giving my opinion. And I like to be very clear when I'm giving my
0: opinion versus when I'm speaking the scripture. My children were made a little lower than me, not in degree, not in stature, not in ability, but because they
1: were little babies that I produced and they were little children that I had to raise. So for that sake, you dress them up, take him outside and buy him the new Jordans and stuff. Like they didn't even know what that crap was. I remember when Diamond was little, I got him this little gold chain on his neck. He didn't know that he was always trying to break the thing off. We had to put the thing away because he didn't honor it. He didn't know what it was, but it made us feel good for people to see him in these Jordans that he didn't even know how to say Jordan. And you follow what I'm saying? It, 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 it made us feel good as parents Oh, look at look at mm, look at little man. He's all dressed. Looking all fly. Do you think God don't look at you like that? You don't think so? We just read. It. He's mindful. You. You're looking at me all stupid. He's mindful. he's thinking about you. You're always on his mind. He cares about you. He made you like him. He crowned you. You just like the little silly baby. You got the crown on, the honor and glory. You still walking around. God, I don't understand why people don't
0: like me. You just like that little baby that don't know no better. You sitting there with a crown of honor and
1: glory in your head, and you know, and you still trying to make people get along with you and chasing good for nothing men or women that you that is way beneath you and shouldn't even have your time and conversation and breathe your air, trying to make them love you and date you. Well, okay, I'm, I'm gonna leave that alone. I'm
0: gonna leave that alone. I think I just stepped over into something, little, little something on your shoe. I'm just gonna. You're going to leave that alone. Hmm. Moving on now. And putting everything under them. So let me make sure we, he's reestablishing
1: here. And putting everything under them. So he's not saying he's going to. He's thinking about it. It's under your feet someday when you get to heaven. He said in doing that, meaning it's done. In putting anything under them,
0: God left nothing that is not Subject to you. Now it gets deep because he
1: said in putting everything under them, God, you left nothing that is not subject to them. I want you to stop for a minute and think about how many things in your mind you believe is not that that you really believe you are subject to and, and it is not subject to you. How many things, I don't care if it's physical, health, emotional, mental, how many things really do reign and rule over you in this time of your life that really don't and should not right now? Just take a minute and think about that because the scripture right here just says he's left nothing that's not subject to you. And now I'm going to jump into the King James because, oh my goodness, my battery's low. I want to jump into the King James. Don't you dare try to turn off from me while I'm
0: preaching this book. I can't blame Apple I didn't bloody. All right, we We're gonna keep moving. It's gonna be. It's gonna be all right. Let's go with me to the King James real quick. Well, y'all can stay where you are. I'm gonna go there,
1: and I want you to see something because this is what I'm about to read right now.
0: Is some powerful, not like the other stuff was it? But this verse 8 is a powerful stuff. So in the King James, it says, and thou hast
1: put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him and left nothing that is not put under him. That is so Elizabethan. But I wanted to show you something powerful. The scripture says, God has put everything under your feet and left nothing that's not subjection. Now, I've heard a lot of church songs. I've sung them about Jesus. Um, The devil is under under his feet. I've even sung the song, Satan get under my feet. Um, I had no idea what it meant. And I'm gonna lay this down. When I realized that I was dealing with this COVID mess, I, and I had to think about what I said in last week's message. How did he find his way to be standing toe-to-toe and face-to-face with me? When did I move my feet and let him get out from under me? Or did I ever have him under there in that area? And those are the things I think about when I see you guys going through stuff, and then you're hanging your head in shame and feeling bad for yourself. It's like, why is the enemy standing toe-to-toe with you like that? Like, who gave him that right? We know who did but do we even know what it means? When God put them on our, we got to put the devil back on our feet. No, you didn't put them under there in the first place. God did. All you have to do is acknowledge his place. You don't have to put him anywhere. That's not your job. That's God's job. God did it. You let him out and then you say, God let him out. Can you please put him back?
0: And the people said, the worst objection. And I want to really break this down. From, from
1: the biblical perspective here. Because in, in, in Hebrews chapter two, verse eight, mm-hmm. he says, and you'll put all things in subjection under his feet. That means God has put all things in subjection under my feet. Say that.
0: Okay, let's say it again. God has put all things in subjection under my feet. Watch this. Ready, ready, ready? Watch this. The word subjection, Hope to aso, hope to aso, if you want to know how to pronounce it in Greek, good for you. But listen to this. The definition of that word is to subordinate, to be on obedience or to be under obedience, to put under, to subdue, to make subject to be put in subjection, watch this, to arrange under, to subordinate, to subject, to put in subjection, to subject oneself to obey, to submit to one's control, I want you to pay close attention to that one,
1: to yield to one's admonition or advice to obey or be subject. I'm going to go to four. All of those are perfect, but to submit to one's control. God has put all things under your feet or subjected
0: all things under your feet. means he's put all things to submit to your control. I don't know how much further than this I'm going to go today, so lock in. Get your seatbelt on.
1: Listen to what I'm saying. The devil is running rampant. He's killing the body of Christ. He's killing people. He's hurting us. He's doing all whatever he feels good to do. I've been a victim of it in my own life so many times. God, but the devil is supposed to be under my feet. Yet this is happening. And so we give up. And this is what I'm about to say. And we stop standing. This is what I'm about to say. And we stop standing. Because after all these other stands and it comes again. And you know. Church leaders, again, there's so many demons in the pulpit, even if they don't mean it, they still are because they're sharing these demonic gospels. Well, you know, when God starts to bless you, the devil always comes in and they teach you stuff like, you know, you got to If you got to take God's blessing, you got to take the devil's attack. And they teach you that they teach you that you're supposed to take these attacks. This is part of your walk in God. This is part of how you prove yourself faithful to God. There's no scripture that says that. This is something that they've surmised over the years of constantly being under the attack of the devil. I myself believed that at one point. Well, you know, every time something good happens, it shows up so, it must be true. It is true. For this reason, this reason only. Not because God deemed it so, because you did. Because he put all things under your feet, and he made all things a subjection to you. But this word right here, it says, to submit to one's control. Watch this. You listening? You may not like this. The reason why the devil can do what he does is because you're out of control. You have no control. It's to submit to one's control. And if you don't have control, even over your own life and your own spirit, your own emotions, your own eating, your own whatever, that's not a put down, I'm gonna help you out. Stay with me. If you don't have control over your own temper and your own attitude and your own whatever, if you don't have control over your own credit cards and you they just force you to spend yourself and put yourself in all kinds of debt, if you don't have control of your own life, how the heck are you gonna have control over demons and devils? What control you gonna have? You have to put these things under control, and if you're out of control, you can't put them under control, and that's why Satan is running rip short for your life. You can do whatever you want to do because you know you're a person out of control. The Bible said a man who can't control his spirit is like a house or a or, 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 or village without walls. A man that can't control his spirit is like a village without walls. Your walls are down, and demons are running too, looting the place, having a good time, throwing stuff on you, He ain't supposed to treat you in disrespectful ways he's not supposed to treat you bringing death and sickness or whatever to you and you want god did it for a reason no you're out of control to submit to one's control once you're in control then you'll make them submit you make everything submit once you're in control you make them submit well you are in control This is this is the good news I got for you. You are in control because all these things are under your feet. You don't have to be stronger in your flesh. As I said two weeks ago in the message, it says when I am weak, it is then that he is strong. So I can come before God and say, God, when it comes to this, I'm a total coward, but I know you are strong and I'm going to trust in your strength to bring me through. I don't have to be strong. I just need to be strong in you. I don't have to feel courageous and confidence about anything but you. I can look at the situation and say, I'm scared to death. But you know what, God? I know you're not. And I know if I submit to you, you got me. And back in my street days, I don't go all into it. I don't like to glorify that stuff. I remember being in a situation where a gun was right in my face. And I remember, even though I wasn't a believer, I believed enough to know that it wasn't my time to die. And that gun didn't go off. And I'm going to tell you this, this, and it's more to the story, because the gun wound up shooting the person who, who tried to shoot me. It's just a funny thing how even when I didn't know God. So I'm telling you this. I would say things like the creator or, you know, the universe. Once I got saved, I was like, wait a minute. If you held me down like that and I didn't even acknowledge you, ain't no way I'm going out like that and I'm your child now. Now I start studying and finding that the – Earth is subject to your control. I need you to understand this. It is. A lot of church folk are saying, no, you are supposed to teach stuff like that. Well, whatever. I'm teaching it. The Bible says it. And I'm teaching it. God made the earth. The Bible walks you all the seven days. And after he created all this wonder and splendor, he said, let us make man, stay with me, and let us give him dominion. That's lordship and rulership over heavens and earth. Who has rulership over heaven and earth? Who has rulership over heaven? God said, let's make it that way. He said it. I didn't say it. He said it. You didn't say it. He said it. How dare you go against his plan? So, all he's saying right now is after the fall of man, and the man was tossed out to the devil's free will to do almost whatever he wanted. He said, now you mindful of this man, you sent him aside, a savior, you crown him with honor and glory, you kept him on your mind, you never forgot about him, you cared about him, and you turn around and you put everything right back under his feet again. I'm here to say to you, in Christ, we have been returned to the state that we were in the beginning before man fell. That's why the scripture says you got a better covenant than that of Abraham. Abraham had a pretty dog good covenant. But Abraham made some very terrible mistakes. And God didn't count his mistakes. He still called him a man of faith, even with his mistakes, even with his shortcomings. This is not about your power, babies. This is about his power and his love and what he paid for. And what I'm trying to get the church to at this time and this season, as I share these messages for however much longer God wants me on this planet sharing it is this. We spend too much time hearing these faith messages. You got to have faith. You got to believe. You got to be strong. You got to stand. You got to stand and yell and bark at the moon and rebuke demons and call devils down. And wait a minute, I don't need to do that in a company where I'm the boss. Do what I tell you to do and you fire fired. And we're not, I'm not coming and rebuking everybody and I
0: try I'm going to fast and pray so that you'll do the right thing. No, you're going to do the right thing or you out. That's authority. You in or you out. There's no bunch of discussion. Has your boss ever came in with you and pleaded with you in the name of Jesus to do your job? They tell you do your job or get out. things are supposed to be subject to your control, and if they're not, it's
1: because you're out of control. However, you can get back in control, and that in control is not learning how to behave yourself or master your flesh. It's how to surrender it all to God and say, God, I and myself are powerless to do what you call me to do here. I'm totally dependent on you, and based on that and that alone, I am powerful, and based on that and that alone, my that's what that's what he, what John was saying. I must decrease. He must increase. The more I decrease, the higher he'll rise. Lord, help me to decrease. You know, I've been praying for most of my life. God, help me to be more successful. Help me to be more smart. Help me be more talented. Help me be more powerful. Now, my prayers, God, help me decrease. Help me get myself out the picture. I'm in the picture too much. It's too much
0: me in this picture. Help me get me out. And the people of God said. Okay hey now. So let's, 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 let's wrap this up. Let's bring it on home. Let's bring it on home.
1: I hope you're being blessed. I know you are. I know I am teaching it. If you don't bless anybody but me.
0: I'll take it. So in putting anything under them. God left nothing that is not subject. To you.
1: In putting everything under you. God left nothing. Nothing, nothing that is not under your control, subject. And put it. Are you listening to me? Nothing. I don't care. I've been had this ailment my whole life.
0: Okay, and you can die with it. God won't hold it against you, but He did put it under my control. Hmm. Let me see. Let me talk about myself because maybe I'm putting you on the spot. So here's what I'm dealing with right now. Mid 60s, I was
1: diagnosed with a couple years ago with high blood pressure, which of course, the last time I did it, it was totally normal.
0: Prostate enlarged, um, sugar levels, you
1: know, all this stuff, they start speaking over us. I'm going like, God, I'm like, I'm saying to myself, like I'm, I'm falling apart like an old car. See, you're shaking your head, but you'll do it on your own levels too. You know it. You know it. You can shake your head at me because you're not dealing with it. I'm gonna see what you do when you get this age. But my point is, and see if you look as good. But my point is, my point is, no, a lot of my friends die. A lot of my friends die, or I've seen them and they walkers and canes and taking 50 pills a day. I'm doing okay but I don't want to compare myself anymore to how much better I'm doing than them.
0: I want to compare myself to how I'm doing compared to what the scripture said belongs to me. It's a different comparison I'm making right now. God, you just said all of that's under my control. Hmm, well, yeah, huh.
1: Okay, I, I got a lot of things. I can think about that. I just totally let go because I just, Assume
0: as it's not under my control. My God, God has left nothing that is not subject to me. Yet at present we do not see everything
1: subject to them. You see it. This is this angel talking to God, like yet
0: yeah. we do not see everything subject to them. But we do see Jesus who was also, I mean, who was
1: made lower than the angels, this is how you know they use this wrong. Because now they just said Jesus was made lower than the angels. So now you understand when I said that first one was wrong, this one was wrong too. Okay?
0: Lower than the angels. But then it made sense. For a little while. And now i crying with glory and
1: honor because he suffered death. And that's when it clicked. Oh, we're made lower than the angels for the season that we are not submitted or died to the flesh and accepting the fullness of our salvation. We've been made lower than the angels because the devil, we sold the right to the devil in the garden. And as a result, man sold the right to the devil in the garden. The devil became the Lord, of the, the God of the earth. And so in that situation, we had to take a position of having the angels rescue us instead of walking in the, in the realm of dominance and Godhood. And that's why it says for a little while, Jesus became like us, a little lower than the angels. He became in a position. So that's a spiritual, that's a physical position and a spiritual, spiritual position that we are now in because of our inability to walk in control and have all things subject under to our under our feet. And that's an earthly situation. That's an earthly limitation that we master as we surrender and die to the flesh. This is powerful, what I'm saying to you. If my emotions and my flesh rule me, he who cannot control his spirit is like a city without walls. The the situation is, stop praying to God. No, let me not say that, change that. Stop only or mostly praying to God about your circumstances. You are praying below your pay grade. You are so much lower than who you are when all you pray about is what confronts you in the natural. You need to be praying to be walking in the allegiance of the spiritual calling that you are and what God did and the price he paid for you. We live beneath our privileges and that's the issue. And that's why things are out of control. In this season, I don't wanna pray about fix my business, fix my money, fix my finances. Make my kids stop fighting with me. I don't want to pray none of that mess. I don't care about it. I want to pray to be in, in league with where God called me. That I know you're mindful of me. You crowned me with honor and glory. I'm not walking in any of that. I'm walking like a peasant, so I not have to be placed lower than angels because I'm, I'm acting beneath that. You can't promote me to the level that you want me to be because I keep
0: walking in a realm that doesn't allow me to see the glory and honor that you put on my head. How many of you you would honestly admit we
1: spend too much time whining about stupid little things that really in the long run
0: have no significance? feeling sad and sorry for something. Nobody understands me and God is
1: like, why do you need it? You have a crown of glory and honor on your head that I put on you. Why do you care so much? Why did you give that person, that man, that woman, that lover, that whatever, that much power that what they say about you means so much to you that you no
0: longer even care what God said about you. Church is going to get a little sticky today. I'm going to wrap it up. I think that's enough for the week.
1: But we do see Jesus, who was made Lord and Angel for a little while. Now, crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death. Come on now. It don't mean you have to die physically, but you do need to die so that by grace, by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. So he took the death and I want to end it on this note. This is not talking about the actual physical dying of his body. said he tasted death once, for everyone. All that stuff that took you out of the place that God called you to, He died for that. Let me see
0: if I can help it. For well, I know I have the plans I have for you, say the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope in the future. These are scriptures all over the place.
1: Goodness and mercy sh- surely shall follow you all the days of your life. It's messed up that they gotta keep following you and they can't catch up to you and just take over.
0: I don't want goodness and mercy to follow me. I want it to lead. He tasted death. He came and he took the
1: pain of everything. He was wounded for your transgressions. He was bruised for your iniquities. The chastisement of his peace was upon you, and by his stripes you were healed and made whole. He tasted death for you, not just to keep you from dying, but that your peace wouldn't be chastised, that that your, your, your iniquities would be taken care of, and that your sicknesses, you would be healed. He was wounded for that, not just so that you can go to heaven when you die. He tasted death for once, for what? So that you can now be mindful of the God who is
0: mindful of you in Jesus name. Amen.